You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Can't get enough of Boomer and Carton in the morning. Al Dukes and Jerry Recco are here with some sports news and updates they didn't have time to cover. Here we go. It's the Boomer and Carton Postgame Show with Al Jerry. All right, we go on the podcast on a Thursday. It ends the podcast week because we're too lazy to do one on Friday. What's up, Eddie Scazzari? Hello, podcast people. Say hello to Nigel because he hit me up on Twitter to say thank you for the shout-out. Oh, well, shouting out back at you. Tag, you're at Nigel in Christchurch, New I hope Zealand. That should be the end of it, I hope. I mean, Probably. I don't, I don't because tag, I, you're it. I, mean, I, won't, uh, I won't be doing this again for a while. Perhaps. I mean, at least not for a week. Well, Monday the uh, 10th of July, I'll be doing it, I suppose. Right. So you're on the next podcast we do. That's an excellent point. Right. So that was wrong what you said. Already? So, uh, my mistake. I apologize. Go. Mm-hmm. Oh, my mistake. I apologize. Very good. Um, a little reminiscing today, and I'll tell you why. So mm-hmm. I saw, and I'm assuming it's true. I have no reason to think it's not because it came from the Mad Dog Twitter account about... Two hours ago, maybe you knew of this. I just saw it two hours ago, though, that on July 6th, uh, Mike and Chris are going to be doing a show, a town hall type of show on the Mad Dog channel in Sirius. Mm-hmm. And it got me to thinking as the days, I'm still not sold Mike's leaving, um, but I mean, as of now, head down and out. As, right. That's what we think. He's going to California. Something like that. And so it got me to thinking as they get together or we'll get together again next week. It seems like every time they have um, done something since the breakup or since Chris left, that it's gone really well. Yes. And it's kind of, you know, when you leave high school, you were good friends with somebody and you don't see them for 10 years. I'm sure you have people like this or I don't want to call them friends, but acquaintances like this, that you see them and it's like time never passed. Correct. Yes. And with those guys... Every time they have sat down in the same studio and put anything on tape or put anything out there live or did the Radio City thing, it was like Mike and the Mad Dog never stopped happening. Yeah, it's magical. It really is. When it's they great. Get I mean, back together. there are certain dynamics you can't just create. It has to happen. Like, I think Boomer and Carton have that. Correct. Uh, Mike and the Mad Dog have that. And there's a lot of different um, examples, I'm sure, if we spent more time on it. But I guess my point is, do you ever think that the two of them look back and wonder why they couldn't get along better to where the freight train just kept going as opposed to having to jump off the rails for, like eight, was it nine years now? Eight years? A long time now. It uh, was in uh, August uh, or July, I think, of 08. That's when it ended. I thought it was 09. Was it 08? Uh, well, Boomer Carton started in 07. Right. So it was the next year? I thought it was the next year. Might have been. I, I don't know. I thought it was I thought I was on with Boomer and Carton full time for a few months before that happened. But Oh, you could be could right be. too. It could be oh nine. Either way, it's still seven, eight, nine years, however it is. Uh 
Yeah, and they they did a reunion sort of of sorts at Yankee Stadium when the Yanks were in the playoffs in uh, in '09. Right, where they uh, they won it, and we were here already, but not for long. So I actually I th- I might I thought it was '08, but well, I could be wrong. Either way, you get the point. Eight, yes. eight nine, whatever it was. Do you ever think if you ever got one of them with truth serum that they would serum? As I said that wonderfully. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's yeah. the first time I honestly made any laugh. Yes. Genuinely. Uh, truth serum. Uh, do you think that they would tell you that there's a little bit of regret? Oh, I'm sure. They might even have publicly have stated that. That I don't know that I've ever seen that. You know, they had such a good thing, but they blew it up. You know, like Charlton Heston at the end of the original Planet of the Apes. But... I think there was, you know, if they're also honest, they, it, you know, they were fighting a lot and it just wasn't really sustainable. But I'm sure there are moments of, of regret for them, for sure, because it was something so special and unique. It was the pinnacle of our industry. Now, Boomer and Carton do a different kind of thing. It's not that sort of hardcore sports talk. There's never been anyone better at it than Mike and the Mad Dog. In my opinion. Sure, understood. And so as they get together next week, do you think going forward they could, maybe not every day, because I don't think that'll ever happen again. Could you see them, though, working once a week together and it really working because in between one show, there's six days of separation. And maybe that's the perfect divide they need Mm -hmm. to coexist. And really, I mean, Mike's, what's Mike, 63? Mm Mm-hmm. But I don't get the sense. I mean, he's got he's got kids that are you know my son's age, so they're the the eleven to thirteen range. Mm-hmm. I don't get the sense he wants to stop working. And to me, that would be perfect if he ever did. I would say this: you look at Mike, and I would think if you're him, you don't want to do the grind every day. I get that. I mean, it's tiresome to me. The show's been too long for too long, yes. meaning the hours. Yep. Even with Chris. The idea of them going one to six, that's a long yeah. show well, that every was, day. That was a, a ratings grab. And I get that. Once and that, they took off, they went from, you know, starting at three, and they were a number one show, and our middays uh, around that time were struggling in terms of uh, ratings. Sure. So they just decided, hell, one to 6.30, let's go. It's so long. Oh, my God. Which, by the way, I think aids in the argumentative nature that they became both for good on the air and both Mm -hmm. for bad off the air. Correct. Where, and I, you know, you worked that show a lot longer than I did. I worked it seven months as a board op. And I mean, I was in and out there as an anchor for a couple of years, but not nearly as long as you did. But boy, I saw the real good and I saw the real bad in my few times or few, uh, my little time that I was with them. Um, But do you think once a week is the proper separation that they could actually have a lengthy future starting again Next year, I think so. In some on some platform, I don't know what the legalities of the you know this dog with Sirius, and I, I I have no idea how that would work. But if you gave people once a week, Mike and the Mad Dog, in some format, I, I think people would eat it up. Agreed. All right, I want to read you something as we're going to move on here because we don't have too many goofy things. All right. So Lou Williams was one of the players that was involved in the uh, trade for Chris Paul. Okay. Williams, a nice NBA player. I don't know what prompted this tweet from him two hours ago, but he writes this, and it's going to lead me to another question. As someone that's been around this business now for, what, 30 years? I'm in at 24, so it's got to be 30 uh, years for you. 28 in labor. Day. Okay, so right around 30 years, almost 30 years. Lou Williams tweets, quote, so crazy to me that all the, hmm, 
So crazy to me that all these nerds cover all sports, not one athletic bone in their body with all the opinions and analysis. Which brings me to the business when you started to where it is now. Mm -hmm. Do you like it? Do you like the direction of it? And where do you see it going? I don't mean to be interviewing you, but I found this quote fascinating because I always wonder what the athlete thinks of this business that, A, promotes the hell out of what they do, which, B, in turn, helps them make all the money they make. Mm -hmm. Not the driving force by sure, uh, for sure, but it helps. But, C, these, I do believe, are honest thoughts from an athlete that looks at us, you know, out of shape, middle-aged guys that couldn't do it and say, who the F are you? Right. And my opinion, sorry to cut you off, my opinion would be, I'll take it to the house, you know, when I do something in in my house, whether it's put up a railing, whether it's paint the wall, and then the wife has a problem with the way I did it, one time I turned around, and I remember I put the railing up going up the stairs. Mm -hmm. She thought it was slightly off. I said, really? I handed her the hammer. I said, there are the nails. You effing do it. I walked away. Nice. So I actually understand and get that. I do. Because if you break it down to what we do, just living life, I get it. But at the same time, what we do helps them. Right. Do you like the business that we are in? Do you not like it? What direction do you think it's going in with all these blogs and the social media and the sports radio? Well, I, I don't like the direction that society as a whole is going in and in the sports microcosm it's going the same way where there's a lot of just you know instantaneous uh, you know people want instant gratification or instant attention and there's a lot of crazy hate that's just spewed out there on the internet so i i don't like that aspect of society in general and the sports microcosm as a part of that sure but uh i still enjoy and think there's a a huge place in the entertainment world for what we do. Um, and it sounds like that guy's been listening to our boy Boomer with his stupid NARP stuff all the time. <laughs> so, uh, And I, I will say this. I think, you know, there's a lot more ex-athletes doing sports commentary. That was what I was going to get to next. Yep. Right, than there were when we when this whole thing began for WFAN at 87 and ESPN, I guess, what started in 79, 78, something like that, um, when it was just all guys like us, sports fans, you know, geek, losers, whatever, doing this. But now there's so many more ex-athletes who are a part of the industry that it's, uh, you know, I don't think he's correct uh, in sort of criticizing. It might be, what, 30, not 30%, maybe 15% of the – people out there sort of covering sports were ex-athletes of some kind, I would say. It has to be. You know, if you look at all the sports and, sure. you know, I, I think that's probably a fair percentage to guess. So it's a good sizable percentage that are, are in his world or were in his world. How about the fact, I love this because I saw this yesterday, because there was a lot of coverage on the Nick situation and uh, whether Carmelo Anthony, where's he going to go? Phil Jackson being fired. The Porzingis thing is, you know, done so ESPN had on, and I didn't realize he was hired by them, one of the angriest men that ever played in terms of, I mean, he was an angry player, which is a good thing. I don't think it's a bad thing if you have that attitude on the court. But he was tough to deal with in the locker room, too, and that's Steven Jackson. Mm -hmm. And I'm watching TV and say, Steven Jackson is now, like, a part of the media. And you sit there and say, he hated the media. And a lot of these guys that 
all of a sudden the career's over. Now they have to flip the switch and get out from behind the camera to in front of the camera. Mm-hmm. And it just is fascinating to me how they all, I shouldn't say all, a lot of them are choosing this direct to where there's a broadcasting school and camp for like former pro athletes. Yep. And a lot of them do it pretty damn good. Boomer does it phenomenally. Sure. I think Tiki does it very well. I think only because we now know him from the softball. Rick DiPietro does it well. So there are guys that are really good at it. And, you know, Brian Jones. I mean, he's the loudest guy in the building. He's awesome. Sims the elder, Sims the younger. Sure. Bart Scott. I love when he's in here with Craig. So it's just funny to me that you would get that type of crew. And yet I I do understand, though, where he's coming from. It's kind of like, and and to me, there's that's the thing about the business that I'm on the fence about. The pro athlete that is just so focused on what he does and he works out nonstop. He's in the gym six, seven, eight hours a day in the offseason because that's his livelihood. That's his job. Mm -hmm. He shoots a thousand free throws a day. He could be 11 for 11 in a game and then miss one late and they lose the game by a point. And yet if you turn on sports radio or you read a column, perhaps, whether it's a blog or on the newspaper, He's being destroyed for not having the guts to make the shot or not being clutch. or not. Right. And I could see him read and be like, dude, F you. Right, like you Le- do it. LeBron, when he passed at the end of game three, yes. to a great three-point shooter with a wide open. It was open a great play. Sh- right. And yet Killed. jackasses like us yes. are criticizing that. Exactly, yeah. And that part of me says, if you could do it better, then go do it better. So I do get it. Right. But at the same time, I understand the need for it. Yes, and, and, but it's and weird. It's, even Boomer himself, and of course he was recently a concuss or still concussed. I told the story yesterday on the air where he probably didn't even remember that game when Bruce Smith laid him out in Buffalo, and he was really unaware of what that I was in the bus. But he knew enough to say to Glenn Foley, "Hey, watch what you say around these guys. Oh, how things have changed." All right, I like that. Very well done. All right, so after today. Um, you are gone. So Craig will be gone tomorrow. Al will be gone tomorrow. You will be gone tomorrow. I'll right. be here with Boomer. Mm-hmm. Bobby will be here, and Flegelman will take your spot on the board. Yes. So run me through the Skazari vacation plans. All right. Well, going home today. Hopefully, before leaving here before two o'clock. Yeah, to your mind. Uh, be out the door at eleven fifteen today. Go. Uh, going home. Uh, packing up for the uh, trip to uh, to Vermont. Going up to Vermont with the uh, wife, the three dogs, three Labradors, and my wife's cousin is coming with us. And uh, so I will hit the road tomorrow because, you know, she just graduated uh, college and, you know, she didn't want to leave at 6 a.m. Is this your wife or your cousin? This is the cousin. Got it. So, you know, we've we've agreed on to leave at 8 a.m., which was— Right, well, you would leave one five. I would leave by six for sure, right? You know, because you just beat the traffic. It's mm-hmm. gonna, it's freaking Fourth of July weekend going up the thruway. That's right. You know, the earlier the better. Although I don't think I'll have that much of a problem. Uh, and then we'll uh, go up to the bed and breakfast. We stay up in uh, Waitsfield, Vermont. Uh, if anybody's familiar, it's near the Sugarbush Resort. Uh, and then do uh, just like Vermonty stuff, going uh, to. Hiking trails, going, you know, hiking up to to lakes, let the dogs swim. Uh, We'll probably do a the Fourth of July parade parade in the little town, a little slice of Americana. I've only done that once before, twenty years ago, in a small town situation. So, kind of looking forward to see what that's all about. 
And, uh, yeah, that's about it, hiking and walking around Vermont. Have you ever, one thing I'd love to do at some point, I don't know if I ever will, but I'd like to do it. A, I'd like to drive cross-country. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to drive back. I just want to drive one this time, way yes. to California, exactly, and hit some spots and stops and maybe do it over a three-week span. Like going maybe. on I-80 across the yeah, 3,000 miles. absolutely. I would love to do that. Mm-hmm. And also, like... I don't know why, whether it's the Michael J. Fox movie when his car gets broken down on his way to California. He's going to be a doctor. I forget what the, what the name of that movie was. But I would love to just settle for a week or two into a small town like you're discussing, mid-America, and just I'll follow somebody around to see what their life is like. I've always told Al, I think it's a great idea for a reality TV show. You got people in a big conference room in Manhattan and you just take this huge map, and somebody takes a dart, and wherever that dart lands on whatever town it hits, mm-hmm. you then move in. You know, you stay on the outskirts, and the idea is to find somebody before they know what it is. Just kind of walk around the town, and you just pick someone that looks like either a they've got a strange life, an exciting life, maybe a weird life, and say, "Listen, twenty thousand dollars. We would like to film you." Along with me, I'm going to trail you for three days, and it's got to start now, because we want it. We don't want it to be a setup. We want it to be what it is, and just see how people are all over the country. Or how about even just a normal life? In Absolutely, small town America doesn't That's, have to be a weird job. It doesn't have to be. It can be anything. You can be a farmer. You can be an accountant in a town of 700 people. I don't care if you're a bartender, uh, whatever you are. You can be a dancer for all I care. I just find it interesting because we get so used to our way of life yes. here, which is really fast and really exhausting sometimes. Right. And like, you know, oh, I'm sitting in traffic for 90 minutes to go literally two and a half miles. And that's normal for us. For us, it's it normal. It does not surprise us that this is happening to us. Like, wouldn't it be neat to, I don't know, just find a small little town somewhere in Iowa mm-hmm. and just kind of see what it is or somewhere in Louisiana just to it's just so different and then those are experiences we'll never have no well I mean I stay for a week in this small town in Vermont you, you know every year almost we go up for about a week so I do you know experience it however I'm on vacation I'm out doing things. right I'm not immersed in the the life so to speak right I you know that's the whole thing about vacations like oh I would love to be there well no, you were on vacation. You right. didn't have to work. You know, you're in this beautiful place wherever you are and you're doing fun things and you don't have to work. You don't have to get up at a certain time, blah, 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 blah. So that's not really a good gauge of, oh, I would love to live there. You don't know that. The gauge would be if you hit big on a business or the lottery and wanted to move there to do those things every month. Yes. That makes sense. Well, yeah, but again, you're not working. You know, if right. you hit it big, you don't have to actually do anything. I'm saying you can move there to do the things you love. That's all Correct. I'm saying. Yes. Right. Which is what pe- people's experience of vacation is. Oh, I would love to live there. Well, yeah, if you didn't have to work. Sure. And somebody served you your breakfast in a bed and breakfast. Sure. Great. Fantastic. That wouldn't suck. No. Although I do disagree with you from the standpoint of before we had kids, I mm. tried to convince my wife to move to uh, Miami. Okay. And almost did. Didn't. That's a move. I don't regret it because, you know, to me, if you like where you are at this very point, very uh, spot in life, to me that everything changes. So I can't regret it because I love where I am. The kids are great. Everything's wonderful. Um, But at the time, I really would have liked to have done that. And it's a vacation spot, but I also think you can make a good living. See, I like good weather. 
we're different. I don't like the winter. I don't like being cold. I have no interest in the rain. God knows how many days a year we get. I would prefer, much prefer, a climate like San Diego where you're between 66 and 83 270 days out of the year, and it only rains 45 times. Right. That's the kind of climate. I Because for me, you know, it's amazing to me how much more active not only myself but my kids are from, I would say, mid-March through, I'll say probably through November because our weather really is pretty good through uh, October. Mm-hmm. November can get dicey, but it can also still be relatively nice. Mm-hmm. And they're just outside more. We're doing more. I exercise more. I go for walks more. I'll get. I'll jump on the bike more. But when it gets cold, it's from the house to the car to work to the car to the house. It's just awful. Yes, for, for me, I. It's only when it's brutally cold, and I mean like below twenty with wind, because even for me, if it's you know sunny and twenty degrees but not windy. Wife and I will go for long walks with the dogs, and they love it. Being Labradors, sure. love the cool weather, and so I, I have a, I guess, a greater tolerance, and I appreciate the seasons. I don't mind walking in the rain, you know, with a raincoat on. I've hiked in the rain innumerable times, and so I, I do enjoy the seasons, the snow, you know, the brutal conditions. Obviously, of any extreme, or nobody enjoys. No, but uh, yeah, I do like the, uh, the seasons, and that's why. When I move, and if I ever, if I don't die on the job, which is probable, it's possible. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll even go probable. Uh, right. they'll, they'll carry me out of here with the zipper with on Minko. My nose. Yeah, exactly. Me and Mink together. Hmm. Um, that uh, I would like to move to a place like perhaps a Vermont or New Hampshire, or more likely like uh, Oregon, Idaho, somewhere near the mountains with something with seasons. Well, and don't misunderstand me. I like the seasons. There's just one I don't like. Yes. I love fall. I think fall is gorgeous. I like spring, especially when I used to go on those golf trips with my dad for about 15 years. I went on a golf trip with my dad every year. And we would always go in February or early March when it's still cold here. And we would either go to Miami or we would go to South Carolina. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the other cool ones we went to. I guess a lot of them were in Florida. Uh, but it was great. And one in California. And mm-hmm. you just... It's springtime, and it's not oppressively hot there. It's 80 degrees. It's 75 degrees. And there you can just feel like summer is coming. That I love. I love spring. I love summer. I love fall. The winter can, in Craig's words, S-A-D. <laughs> yes. Although, speaking of spring, and now our falls, I believe, have gotten longer. They have. Our springs have gotten weird. They're awful. Where it was 70 degrees in February, and there was a couple of years ago where we had like three weekends in a row where it was like 60, 65. And then all of a sudden it gets cold and rainy, and it stays in that 35 to 45. And then all of a sudden it's 80 again. Yeah. And what, well, where did spring go? Or we'll jump right to 90. Yes, right, right. So it is bizarre. All right, well, thank you for uh, jumping in again oh, today. Oh, my pleasure. Al owes you some cash. Uh, uh, okay. You have yourself a fantastic vacation. You'll be missed tomorrow. Well, thank you. Um, not that much, but you'll be missed. And I didn't mean to sound arrogant when I had, when Boomer See, asked See, I was trying. Th- that's a good thing. we got to go here. But I was trying to have some fun to get Boomer to jump yes. on you. You always get on him. I thought that was the perfect oh. opportunity. He took it the other way. Yes. He thought I was getting on him. Yeah, well, actually, I think he was like, you know, I'll just pat myself on the back. He, I think he thought it was such a great analogy. And I wasn't trying to be a dick. I was just saying, like, I can't really teach what I do. 
kind of. Just like he could not teach me to throw like right. him because I don't have the fucking ability. He wanted. Can I say he, the F word? Well, there? you just did. Okay. He had no interest. Instead, it was, well, we can replace you. Well, then replace me. I mean, <laughs> don't threaten me. Just do it. I'm yeah. not interested in that. But exactly. anyway. Have a great vacation. We will see you on, uh, I'll see you on July 11th. Everybody else, he'll be back on July 10th. Uh, I'm off to California Monday, so I will uh, see you guys in a couple weeks. All right, dude. Say goodbye. (laughs) Do that again. See (laughs) y'all. Warm up now. Bye. It's the Boomer and Carton Warm Up Show with Alan Jerry. It's just like Boomer and Carton without Boomer or Carton. Good luck with that. All right, good Thursday morning to you. Al on vacation, so I will take you up to the top. Phil Sims and Boomer Esiason. Craig off uh, as Al is as well. This portion sponsored by Hum by Verizon. Uh, try not to bore you too long with the Yankees from last night. The Mets did win two in Miami, as you just heard uh, from Marco. But a couple of questions on the Yankees from last night who beat the White Sox 12-3. to My first question would be, if you actually watch these games, do the White Sox actually practice baseball? Their manager, Rick Renteria, I mean, they are an atrocious major league team. And you guys probably remember uh, a couple of years ago, maybe it was even last year, when Chris Sale sliced up that uh, old-timers or throwback jersey. He sat there and said, this guy is a loon. Like, What is he doing, right? He's finding his way out of Chicago. Yeah, that's exactly what he was doing because they are hideous. Last night, just take the first inning, for instance. You get a leadoff, and I understand Radon, Ronda, however you pronounce his name. I understand it was his first start of the season. But, my God, a leadoff walk to Gardner, a wild pitch, a wild pitch, and then you get an error from Tim Anderson, who, yes, gave me good fantasy points the other night. But you just gift wrap a couple of runs early, and really you could probably turn the set off because they're just not any good. Uh, They did score a couple of runs in the fifth inning to make it interesting, but then in the sixth, all with two out, by the way, the Yankees just base hit, base hit, base hit, base hit. And you had this kid, Miguel Andujar, who was brought up yesterday. He DH'd and he had a few hits, four RBIs. He had a spectacular night. Uh, and the Yankees win it going away. Tanaka gets the win. He wasn't great, by the way. Better late. He struggled a little bit, but more importantly, he gets his first win since May 8th, uh, and the Yankees do win. They played through some rain in the seventh inning. The game was four hours long. I mean, brutal. And, oh, by the way, Aaron Judge, another home run. It was a laser uh, to left field, so he's fun to watch. Curtis Granderson continues his role. It's another home run for the Mets. All right, a couple of other things here. Uh, that are not as boring, perhaps. Uh, did you guys, Eddie and Bob, I'm talking to you guys, did you see the story about the umpire in Pittsburgh, this guy's name, John Tompain? Uh, he is on the Roberto Clemente Bridge, which I was on last year. I went to Pittsburgh. They have all those bridges, as you know, right? And so he's on the bridge, and he sees a woman who I guess is about to jump, and he stops her, and she winds up not jumping. I'll play a clip for you here, just discussing what he saw and how things kicked in. Your instinct and... You know, you obviously you just you hear kind of stories of this all the time and, you know, different scenarios and people just aiding. And um, I saw a situation where I could, I was luck, lucky enough to be there to help. Now, Al and I always discuss these types of things. And if you see someone in trouble, what do you do? Eddie and I actually on the podcast yesterday discussed that. What do you do when something happens? And Al is brutal in these situations. If he sees trouble, he's going to eat. Admittedly, we'll just pick up the phone, call 911 and run the other way. In a case like this, do you two just look, gaze, and move on, or would you try and stop and talk her out of it? I would try to help. Yeah, I, think I you figured would. you would. You would have to. Oh, I mean, well, you don't have to. Well, yeah. I mean, you really never know how you will react to a I don't situation know how he, like that. I don't understand how he under how he knew. I guess what was she on the other side of that? Well, I, yeah, and it looked like she was about yeah, to I think jump. You were, so, as a human being, you'd have to. Well, you would think not everybody would. And so in a situation like, I mean, all kidding aside, we joke about him, but you could get the sense 
He might tell he his might girlfriend, roll on this for something. Instagram. Let me go help her. Just so the video goes viral. Yeah, there are. I mean, that's a, a drastic case. But there Agreed. are, t- you know, if I see something going on and I'm with my kids or something, a lot of times I'm like, you're a problem. Somebody well, that's my point. Problem, right. Man. Exactly. And in this case, to kill themselves. And this was pretty serious. And, and then he goes and actually umps the game last night. The Pirates beat pretty the impressive. Rays. Very impressive. And so, there was a, a Rays employee, I think, who was also involved. And then a fan who was at the game later who then met up with the umpire and they kind of shared the experience that, again. It's a really good story. A guy that does good and then goes and does his job as well. So throw that out there. Also, we talked yesterday during the show uh, with Boomer and when Wally Zerbiak was in uh, about the Cubs and Miguel Montero. And he just destroyed Jake Arrieta a couple of nights ago for the seven stolen bases. And he basically called out not only Arietta but the pitching staff in general. Uh, yeah, he was cut yesterday. Now, Miguel Montero is a, is a, I would call him a household name for the most part if you watch baseball. Not a great player, though. Maybe a 250 career hitter, maybe a little bit better than that, but not much more. Uh, and so he has found his walking papers bye-bye. Interesting to see after, you know, sound uh, or sound bites that we played yesterday, if anybody would sign him, because Theo Epstein said something along the lines of, we cut him for being a bad teammate. That is not a good mark that you want on your resume. So he was released yesterday. And then one other uh, interesting thing from baseball. The Angels win a game last night. You want to talk about a goofy ending to a game. Uh, They beat the Dodgers. Ben Revere gets to first base on an error by Chris Taylor. He then gets to second base on a wild pitch. And then Yasmani Grandal is the catcher for the Dodgers. Cameron Mabin is uh, at the plate. He strikes out. Grandal drops the ball. Mabin runs the first. And Grandal throws the ball down the right field line. And really amazing. Revere comes around to score. Uh, Just kind of some of these oddities from baseball that we see. And uh, more home runs again last night, too. We're going to keep a count on these. You had Bautista hit another home run last night. Uh, George Springer hit his 24th home run. We mentioned Aaron Judge. Uh, The numbers are off the charts. And before we break, one thing from football. David Irving, uh, defensive tackle from the Dallas Cowboys. Now, you guys know if you watch or listen to the show, I'm a Cowboy fan. I have interviewed David Irving. Super nice guy. In this case, really dumb. So he gets a four-game suspension uh, for using a PED. Turns out, according to the story, the PED that he got caught using, he was an endorser for. Now, my question, and Eddie, chime in, please, if you want. These guys are making millions of dollars. Millions of dollars. Wouldn't you think that the agent has something to do with him getting this endorsement opportunity, right? If, if not his sports contract agent, another Somebody. a guy who does the media stuff. How him. does how is this not checked up? Now this was uh, from from the story. It's a supplement that you can walk into a store and buy. So he becomes an endorser. He'll be paid to be the endorser. And as it turns out, he gets a suspension because that product is a banned substance or something in that product. Like who's fu- it always ends with the player. I get it, but doesn't somebody have to be looking out for him if they're going to write the if they're going to get them get him the check and they're going to get a check as well for it? And you would also think that that is those things, those substances are made clear to at least the sports agent. Brutal, just br- so, honestly, fire him. I would say. Yeah, there's got to be some checks and balances. So that's just I think a bad one. And then as one of the stories then writes, so the Cowboys draft a defensive tackle, Taco Charlton. And they say, well, he might not have been a starter week one, but because of this, could open the door. Who knows? Maybe he takes David Irving's place. Ironically enough, yesterday he landed an endorsement deal with a, with a Taco Bueno restaurant uh, in, I guess, Texas somewhere. So 
not good for this kid. Nice kid, good player, but made a really dumb move yesterday, and it's going to cost him four games. I shouldn't say yesterday. Months ago, uh, he tried to appeal it, and that was knocked down, and so he will have to serve the four-game suspension. But uh, very interesting. I actually feel bad for these guys because, to me, if it's something you can walk, and it's anybody, it could be a giant, a jet, a nick, a net, doesn't matter, a baseball player, especially in this day and age where we're so worried about the home runs and the steroids and all that stuff. If you can legally walk into a store, I don't care what it can be, uh, a drugstore, it can be a Target, a Walgreens, a Walmart, doesn't matter to me. If you can buy something by just grabbing it and going to the register, the fact that you could be suspended for it doesn't make sense to me. But that is uh, the world we live in, and we deal with it. All right, this portion sponsored by Hum by Verizon. Get answers before you have questions with vehicle diagnostics and more. Hum by Verizon is the technology that connects you to your car. Learn more at hum.com. A lot more to do, including Boomer and Phil Sims at the top right here on The Fan. It's the Boomer and Carton warm-up show with Alan Jerry. It's the shortest show on WFAN. Hi, welcome back. This portion is sponsored by GNC. If you're just waking up, Yankees got back in the win column last night, beat the White Sox 12-3. to Miguel and Duhar in his big league debut. Three hits, four RBIs, a two-run single in the first, a two-run double in the ninth. And yeah, home run number 27 for Aaron Judge. And he is, now I'm not breaking any ground here, but he is something to see. And when we talk about must-see baseball, you know, if you go back to the Mets of the 80s, people used to say when, when Daryl Strawberry is up, you had to stop what you were doing and watch. Gary Sanchez was like that towards the end of last year for sure. This year, it is every at-bat with Judge. You have to watch it. Because it, he actually struck out in the second inning. I think it was. Maybe the first inning. And you're sitting there saying, is he okay? And then next thing you know, he hits just a laser of a home run to left field. So 27th for him. Didi Gregorius homered as well. And Tanaka was okay. Matt Holiday does go to the DL with a viral infection. Speaking of the DL, that brings us to the Mets. They shut out the Marlins 8-0. Curtis Granderson homered again. Five home runs. Last seven games for Granderson. Brandon Nimmo is up with the club at a pinch of two-run single in the eighth inning. And Steven Matz was really good. This portion sponsored by GNC. Now through July 5th, it's GNC's summer savings event. Get hot value starting at $9.99 on your favorite essentials. Vitamins, fish oil, probiotics, and more. Change begins at GNC. we got Boomer and Phil Sims coming up in just a moment. All the are talking uh, to Mr. Sims about the state of baseball. Mr. And Sims, hold on. Mr. Sims, now all of a sudden we're going to be like kissing his ass? Is that the way yes. it's going to be working around here? Well, no, I'm not going to kiss his ass. I mean, oh, hi, Mr. I'm not going to do that. that I yes. just referenced him as hey, Phil Sims. No, 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 so instead of just saying Phil, you. I said Mr. Sims. Is that okay? That's okay. Anyhow, we're just talking to Phil off the Sims, air about the state of baseball. And it really is. You know, if you're not into it, you're missing something. Cause Mr. Right Phil Sims. Mr. Phil Sims, Thank yes. You. Thank you, you Allie. Uh, they right now are in between the home Sims. run ball. Oh, We're just going to keep talking it. through this. Now it's a great works. Phil Sims. I mean, anybody Zach, else want to come ridiculous. in? Bob, Mr. Phil Sims. Just kind of walk Mr. behind Phil us. Sims. Mr. Phil Sims. Mr. Phil Sims. I mean, I was trying to make a damn point, but what, what really, what's God, the, what Jesus. is the point? But I guess we could talk about instead, I'm sure, Boomer, if you want to do a segment on Brendan Smith. Yes, Perhaps. four years, uh, yeah, but they I guess also we gave him a no-trade clause. I hate those no-trade clauses. We're also going to discuss at some point this morning the Clinton-Portis story, because if you didn't see it, just hang on. We'll get scary. to it later in the morning. It is scary, and it's a good thing he did the right thing and not the stupid thing, because he'd be in jail right now. And I think you were, trying to, you were trying to talk about home runs in Major League I was League trying to baseball. talk about just the state of Mr. Phil Sim. Right Listen now. this yes. hour and right. every.